Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. Here now the news. This news from the Georgia Department of Natural Resources has me wondering whether I could pull off fudging my age by, oh, I don't know, maybe a half century or so. Last week, the department announced a career camp program for high school students to explore careers in conservation. The week-long Georgia DNR Career Academy will give high school kids a chance to learn about different career paths within the department. They'll visit wildlife management areas, hatcheries, state parks, and the coast, and they'll get to hear what it's like to be a game warden, or a fisheries technician, or a park ranger, or work on a support staff. The camp will be held July 17th to 23rd at the Charlie Elliott Wildlife Center in Mansfield and at the Georgia 4-H at Camp Jekyll on Jekyll Island. Cost is $100 and includes meal and lodging. Scholarships are available. And you don't need to live in Georgia to apply. We have a link in our show notes where you can learn more and apply. If you're having trouble making a campsite or picnic shelter reservation in Virginia State Parks this week, that's because they are in the process of changing reservation systems, making the switch from ReserveAmerica.com to U.S. eDirect. We don't know much about U.S. eDirect, other than the fact that they've been in business 20 years, they process about 6 million reservations, tickets, and permits per year, and they do about 400 million annually in transactions. We're much more familiar with ReserveAmerica.com, which handles reservations for about half of the state parks in the U.S., including North Carolina and Kentucky. Virginia's new system will be operational as of 7 a.m. on January 27th. We're eager to see how it compares with Reserve America. And if you've been frustrated by the crowds at Shenandoah National Park's popular old rag, that likely will be less of a problem when a pilot project to limit visitation by charging a buck ahead for a day pass begins March 1st. The program, which runs through November, will make 800 pa- passes available daily for the area. 400 tickets will be released 30 days in advance, the other 400 five days in advance. The tickets will only be available through recreation.gov, making us wonder how much you'll actually end up paying once the reservation system collects its fee. Entrance fees will still apply, and you are not guaranteed a parking spot. And that is the news for this week. Think about your recent hikes. Notice anything about your fellow hikers, about their age, that maybe they're just a little bit older than you might think? According to the latest outdoor participation report from the Outdoor Foundation, hiking is the most popular form of outdoor recreation for people ages 45 to 64. And it's not surprising that this trend would be especially noticeable on trails here in the southeastern U.S. because of the number of older people who relocate here sometimes to be closer to their kids who've moved here, sometimes simply for the more moderate climate. 
And even if these folks didn't hike before, the preponderance of hiking trails here proves an attractive way to stay healthy and enjoy the weather, especially our moderate winters. The seven states that comprise our primary focus area here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, and Kentucky, have a combined 11,500 miles of trail. In fact, more than half of the Appalachian Trail, 1,190 miles, is in the southeast. Today, in an occasional series we're going to call Get Going Over 50, we begin looking at this phenomenon of older adventure seekers, starting with a conversation with two guys who could be the poster children for the retired, but not yet relegated to the recliner. Your name? Okay, my name is Bob Sliwa, and And I live in Roseville, North Carolina. I've lived here for seven years now. I moved to here in 2014 from Illinois. I retired at the end of 2013 and never looked back. And why did you choose this area? Well, my daughter was living here at the time, and she moved down here from college. So we've been visiting her for several years, and we decided uh, it might be a good place to uh, put down roots. Great. And I'm Henry Perangelo. I retired in 2017, originally from New York, uh, Long Island. Um, moved down here because my wife was from South Carolina, and she was missing the South, and uh, both our children went to college down here and weren't coming back north. Very good. So, uh, Henry people may remember from episode 21 in the first season from uh, his section hike of the AT. Uh, and Bob, describe a typical day in your life um, just <laughs> from an activity standpoint. Well, um, I get up, have coffee and cereal or for breakfast, and then uh, after uh, uh, after that I'll, I'll do a run for about five miles in my neighborhood and come back home, take a shower. And then the day's activities usually include maybe a, a mountain biking ride or a road bike ride or a hike. And sometimes I even do something with my wife. <laughs> and then uh, after dinner, I usually take a walk around the neighborhood, you know, just a short hike, maybe three miles. Just a short walking. hike of yes. three miles. Yes. Okay. And you sleep well. Yes, I, I sleep very well. I take it you both sleep well. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start walking and tell okay. me tell me what you, you two, what two are up to today. Okay, well, today we're going to try to uh, connect the M- the Mountains of Sea Trail from Hillsboro, and right now with the Okanichi Speedway, it actually starts, I believe, well, I believe it starts at Klingman's Dome, so we put this section here. Uh, there's no trail between Hillsboro and Durham, and that's what we are attempting to do today, is to bushwhack our way from... The, where the MST ends at Highway 70 to the Eno River State Park in Durham at the end of Coal Mill Road. So how much, how much do you boys do together? What kind of adventures do you guys generally take? Well, we do some sh- short hikes uh, at Umstead, for example. Last week we were out here hiking a little bit of the MST from downtown Hillsborough to highway 70 kind of scouting ahead but we've done some trips on the at together when you say trips like describe a trip 
Well, Henry does all the planning, so I'm very lucky in that regard. But so this isn't like a day hike. This is no, no. We do about 75. 70, yeah. In, in between, I think the shortest hike we did was 67 miles, and the longest was 75 miles. And uh, I've been section hiking with Henry uh, four times now, I believe. Three times, I can't remember. Uh, and we, uh, Henry, plans it out. We drop a car at one end of our trail uh, on the AT, and we'll start at the other end, and we'll hike over the course of four and a half days, I believe. And uh, so this way, uh, I, I'm getting a little taste of the AT without being gone for months or weeks at a time. Yeah. So how, when you guys are doing a section hike, how many miles a day do you cover? Oh, well, uh, some of the hikes, maybe 10 miles at the least amount, and we've gone as many as 21 or 22 miles. And, and usually the 10-mile days are travel days. Right, so. either the day of the arrival at the start of the trail or the or the end of the trail. Well, I don't think we, on a full day, I don't think, think we do we ever do less than 14 miles. Correct. Correct. And we probably average, I'd say we average about 16, 17. Yes. And sometimes we start out before it even gets light out. We'll hike, hike, hike in the dark so we can get a good start. And we try to pull into camp by 3 or 4 in the afternoon so we can set up and, and uh, get our water from the water source and have dinner. And usually we're hitting the sack by 8 o'clock <laughs> and ready for the next day. So you could make jokes about being asleep by 8 o'clock and being retirees, but considering that you've hiked 17 miles or so, I think just about anybody would be out long before 8 o'clock. Yes, yes. And you really look forward to getting the, the pack off your back, and you look forward to getting out of your shoes, your hiking shoes, and just sitting down and not... <laughs> and just... Getting that, that load off your back for a while is, is really nice. Your feet are usually, the bottoms of my feet are usually very sore at the end of the day. So yeah. I should mention that the hike that uh, you guys are doing, we had about uh, about six or seven inches of snow here in Hillsboro, uh-huh. and that was what, three days ago, and there's still probably. I don't know, two, three, four inches on the ground. So, in addition to being a largely off-trail hike, there's a fair amount of snow, a little bit of ice. It's sunny, so it should be um, it should be a pretty good day to be out here. Now, what gave you the idea to do this? What the hike largely off-trail? This connection that doesn't exist between Hillsboro and Durham. Well, I'm part of the uh, Mountains of Sea Trail organization, and I received an email in, I believe, November or early December that there's a, an annual hike that tries to connect the Hillsboro Mountains of Sea Trail where it, where it ends to the Durham Mountains of Sea Trail. And uh, there was a... Uh, and or Anyhow, the... Uh, this hike was supposed to take place in early January and it was canceled because of COVID. So they rescheduled it for March and I, 
I talked to Henry about it. He ended up joining the Mountains of Sea Trail organization and uh, he, he was interested in doing the hike with me because he was going to be unable to do it because of uh, conflict. And I told, I asked Henry, I said, well, why, why, don't, why don't we try to do it ourselves? I think we can do it. It's easier to hike with two people than 20 people. And we've done other hikes like this before. We usually, in the last two years, we've done the Mountains of Sea Trail from Pleasant Green all the way to Falls Lake Dam. And how far is that? That's about 80 miles. And you do that in sections? in sections, uh, five sections. Five, five sections? Five sections, yeah. So how many, about how many miles? Fifteen would be the average. Uh, fifteen? average of fifteen miles Okay. I guess the, uh, the thing to note here is uh, you could, there's a lot of adventure to be found out if you just uh, put your mind to it. You know, we've done some of the AT together, and th that requires a lot of planning, but there's a lot you can do around home that doesn't require quite the amount of planning and just just as adventurous. And how do you how do you find some of those adventures? Well, this one was <laughs> through Bob. <laughs> we do other adventures. We go kayaking together. And the kayaking that you do, do you just arrange it yourself, or are you part of a club? We're part of a club. A little bit of both. We've done some by ourselves. Like we did a merchant's milk pond trip a couple years ago, and we did uh, um, there's some local areas that we will we'll turn up a group and we'll kayak. Sometimes we do it with the group, and sometimes we just do it with a few people, a few people that we know. So you two both moved here from different areas, didn't know each other. How did you find each other? Uh, we met on the Joyce Kilmer. Backpacking trip. trip. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the one where we got froze out and rained out. <laughs> oh, that's where you met. Yeah. Okay. And I'm saying this guy who dragged uh, God knows how many pounds of 50, 50 odd pounds, 50 pounds up the mountain, <laughs> and he set up all these tarps. <laughs> he had a, a tent that wasn't waterproof. Yeah. So I take it you've pared down since you're doing a section hike of the AT. Yeah, yeah we're I'm still considered a little heavy. You know, I'm I'm usually about when we start fully loaded up with food, I'm usually about 35 pounds. I'm about, I'm about the same. Yeah, okay, that's not too bad. But for doing 16, 17 miles an hour or miles a day, that's a pretty good load. Yes, it is. A lot of that is food. <laughs> Like, you know, we could carry about four days worth of food. And food weighs a lot. Even food is heavy. Well, yeah. Gonna have fun today, Bob. What's that? It's gonna be fun today. I know. Well, there was no snow on the trail last week. So you guys are both using poles today. Do you yeah. usually use poles? Uh, Henry um, doesn't usually use poles on our our section hike on the MST, uh, and I sometimes did. But uh, on the AT, we both use poles. And are you are you using them today primarily because of the snow and ice? Yeah, I figured it would be slippery. We yeah. might have to cross some water. 
it's just good to have that extra stability. Send off wild backyard dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, things you know, things in this area tend to be pretty flat, but back in the mountains the pedals really come in handy. Yeah. So Henry, I know that you uh before you retired you were a diver and you did some backpacking before. Bob, how much stuff did you were you able to do? Because I know you were an air traffic controller, which has got to be about <laughs> the most stressful job and pretty sedentary. So, did you were you able to get out quite a bit when you were when you were working? Yes, I I still rode bikes and I went hiking. But I didn't start backpacking until I took the Joe Miller beginning backpacking course some ah. <laughs> So that started me on the adventure and uh, a new hobby, I guess. So that's one thing that you've added since retiring. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. That is that is mountain biking, single track mountain biking. Um, I used to, I mean in Illinois that's pretty flat. So, uh, I didn't know much about mountain biking until I moved out here and I really like it. How much do you mountain bike? Uh, usually twice a week. Oh, okay. And how difficult are the trails that you do, technically, would you say? Uh, depends. Some, some of the trails are pretty, pretty technical, like rock gardens and jumps, and other ones are pretty flowy. I enjoy both kinds, actually. <laughs> Yesterday I was mountain biking at Umstead State Park, which is on the bike and bridle trails. And uh, it's not like it's not technical, but there's a lot of big hills out there. Well, I used to do uh, an hour and twenty minute ride uh, twice a week. That took a, there was about sixteen point seven miles. Okay. And honestly, that was the best workout. Um, I did it with a buddy of mine who was a little older than me, uh-huh. and it was, it was, you know, fairly short, hour and 20 minutes, but was holy man. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And go back up those hills. So, <laughs> that, um, that, uh, Cedar Creek Trail, there's an, the Umstead Marathon that they do. Uh-huh. I did that one year, and. Yeah, running? Okay. okay. Yeah. And at the very end, you get to about the 23-mile mark, I think. Uh-huh. And they take you down Cedar Creek, and then you have to run back up Cedar Creek. Okay. Okay. And it is, it's, <laughs> it's about the meanest thing in competitive it, it sport very, I've ever done. It is very steep. It is steep. Especially when you've got... Already got 23 miles on your legs, and, and that's, a, that's a running marathon. Last year I did the Iron Hike today, but I just had to hike 26 miles. So the yeah, the Iron Hiker is uh, a thing that they do annually at Umstead, yeah. and is it every trail in the park? It's, except the bike and bridle. Okay, so every every single track, every hiking trail. So, you did 26 miles of hiking, and then you had something to do that night. Yeah. Was it like a dance that you were doing, or what? It was 
streaming a, a, a play. Oh my gosh. And did you make it through that okay? Oh yeah. I, I, I didn't fall asleep <laughs> So neither of you sound like you've slowed down at all. In fact, have maybe even picked up the pace a little bit in retirement. Oh, I, I know I have. I have too. Didn't have the time when I was working to uh, be able to go on adventures like this whenever I wanted to. Do you notice any changes um, since you've been retired? And I mean, you've, you've stepped it up quite a bit. Um, does your body respond differently? Do you have to eat differently? Or actually, sometimes I, I since retirement, I feel physically better than I did the last five years before retirement. I, agree. I feel I know I know that's not going to last. But I'm sure going to take advantage of it while I have it. I'm in better shape now than I was 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you worry at all about getting injured? Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty careful, you know. If, 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 if it's a big step down, a lot of times I'll just sit down and slide. Yeah, the main reason I ask is just because recovery takes so much longer. Yeah, it does. But yeah, if you're compensating by being more cautious, that that seems to work. On the last AT trip, I got quite a few blisters, and I was surprised. They usually don't get blisters, but I was surprised that God, it must have taken six weeks for them to heal up fully. Henry, the first time I went hiking with Henry to the Smokies, I had terrible blisters. I thought about turning around and going back. It was like it was gonna take it was like 30 miles to go back the other way or go forward for like another 40. I just go forward. Oh jeez. <laughs> I had I had him I had him pretty bad, and this last couple times Henry's gotten blisters and I haven't gotten. Well, if you two had stayed where you were in Chicago and New York respectively, uh -huh. would you be able to? have the year-round active lifestyle that you've no. got? Yeah. I think I could, but it would be different activities. Not, you know, if you up in Wisconsin or Minnesota, the outdoor activities are more plentiful, such as probably skiing, yeah. ice skating. I used to cross-country ski when there was snow, downhill skiing, but... In, in Illinois, the last two winters I lived there, it was just cold, really cold, and there wasn't any snow, or very, very small amount of snow. Yeah. I'd be doing more scuba diving. So you'd still be doing, you'd still be diving? Yeah. <laughs> What's that, you see 70? Yep. All right, here's where the adventure begins. <laughs> Where the adventure begins and where I sign off. <laughs> See you through the rhododendron hell up here. In 15 minutes we'll be calling you. <laughs> well, the one good thing about this adventure is as long as you can keep the river in sight, 
you'll be fine. Yeah, you can always build a wrap, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll text you when we're done. Yeah, do. Let me know um, how you did and uh, how long it took you and any exciting things that happened along the way. Yeah, so we've reached 70 and the trail right now actually follows 70 for about, what, three and a half, four miles before it becomes trail again. Yeah. You have to go up. Yeah. Did you bring your ropes? <laughs> no, you didn't bring any ropes. Okay. Well, have fun if, um, if, if it doesn't work out. You got the number. Okay, sounds good, Joe. So, thanks again. Yes, thanks. Good to see you. Okay, you take care now. You too. In the end, Bob and Henry wound up hiking 7.73 miles. According to the trip report, Henry sent me via alltrails.com. Henry said there wasn't much bushwhacking involved, though the rhododendron thicket I watched them disappear into suggested otherwise. And the hike took them a total of 3 hours, 36 minutes, and 12 seconds. The most telling stat? Their moving time was 3 hours, 20 minutes, and 51 seconds, meaning they weren't moving for a total of, what, a little more than 15 minutes? I'm guessing most of that stopping was to consult the map and make sure they were on course, and possibly to wolf down a PBJ. Thanks, Bob and Henry, for sharing your hike and for this peek into what life can be like when you get going after 50. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. We have two backpack trips coming up. The last weekend in February, we head to the high country for a 20-mile winter trip on the Appalachian Trail between Max Patch and Hot Springs, North Carolina. And March 11th to the 13th, we're doing a base camp backpack trip to Mount Rogers in Virginia. We'll hike about a mile in fullback, then do day hikes of 12 and 6 miles from there. Our first Get Hiking Weekend Escape of 2022, with two and a half days of hiking at Jones Lake State Park, Turnbull State Educational Forest, and Bay Tree Lake Natural Area in North Carolina's coastal plain, has been delayed due to weather and will be March 4th through 6th. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at GetGoingNC.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism, or maybe a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore. Explore.